is the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Virginia Gill is the Miami editor at Time Out Magazine, as well as an editor-at-large for the newly opened Time Out Market Miami. Virginia covers eating, drinking, and going out in Miami for the magazine, plus everything else there is to see and do in the 305, whether it's discovering a new restaurant, covering a fresh cocktail trend, or getting the scoop on an underground concert, she has the intel you need to make the most of your Miami experience. Virginia studied at the University of Miami, worked as an editor at local lifestyle publications like Daily Candy, Miami Magazine, and many others. And she spent the last 15 years writing about food and drink in both Miami and New York. So excited. We're in a restaurant right now that nobody's in. It's so crazy to be in a restaurant when it's not inhabited by all these eating creatures not even the chef and it's amazing thank you fukia we are officially recording from fukia it's an amazing restaurant here on 71st and biscayne in miami shout out to chef caesar girls gone boss goes all over town in miami just um we have such amazing people that we know and so graciously they have hosted us today for another recording with a special guest who's very familiar with the restaurant herself hey virginia yeah. Hi, Virginia. Hey, guys. Tell me the connection. It's so crazy. We all know each other. It just seems like the, the circle gets smaller. Miami is a big city in a small town is what I like exactly. to say. Exactly. And we're telling you, come on over, record. We give you the address and it's Fukia. And it's one of your friends. <laughs> yeah. Caesar. But Caesar is amazing. He knows everybody, too. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to be recording at your restaurant. He's like, wait, how do you know my friend Gabby? <laughs> Um, and then you and I are connected through my best friend, Michael. So it's just a really tiny city. Well, you know, Gabby does know everyone in Miami. She's <laughs> not Miami. everyone. I'm, I didn't know Virginia. Now, uh, we know now Virginia. you do, though. <laughs> yeah. And thank you, by the way, for that feature on Time Out Magazine. If of you guys course. haven't checked it out, um, you know, I, I'm, I have a feature on it, which is exciting. And she looks beautiful. Thank yes, you. Yes, we profiled Gabby as one of our uh, Miami change makers. She's doing her thing to making the city better. Thank you so much for that. And no, so Fukia is definitely a place to come. You've had some of the cuisine here. You're an expert at food and drink and experience in, here in Miami. What's the best dish you've had here? Um, I'm really into the buns, uh, the bao buns. Are they sticky buns? Yes. Ooh, so yeah. um, I'm not a big tofu fan, although I've, I have been vegetarian for a while, but I love the tofu buns. Really surprised. I've had the pho. Okay. You the say it like that, right? Yeah. I know, because everybody's <laughs> like, pho. No, yeah. girl. Forget about that. <laughs> it's pho. Yeah, I know. And Caesar is the one that taught me that. I came one time um, when I was sick. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel like shit, Caesar. Like, he's like, come over. Like, I'm going to give you some pho. It's on Thursdays, I believe. He has like pho. It's like a special night. He does pho night or whatever. And it's a big bowl. And let me tell you, it's delicious. It's so good. And it definitely made me feel better. Oh, yeah. That's like, um, it's like hangover soup. But we yeah. have a story. It's funny. We called it one of our best hangover dishes in Miami because it will bring you back to life. Really? Better <laughs> yeah. than Sancocho? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like the Asian Sancocho. Yes. <laughs> See, everyone has Sancocho like, in their yeah, life. Sancocho. Well, I love too the, the environment when you're eating here because they play old school hip hop. And I'm such an old school hip hop head that I love it because it's like so cute, dainty, Asian, but then it's like hip hop in the background. 
Yeah. Caesar and Annie have such a vibe going like just everything from like, I'm, I'm looking at some really cool wall art, everything they have going. And to your point about like being at an empty restaurant, I feel like we're being let in on a secret. Like no one's here. We can go play behind the bar. We're going to make some food, Caesar. Yeah. Don't Watch worry, out. Caesar. We're not going to take over and turn it into yeah. upside down. produce delivery. We're going to hit that this morning. Yes. Yeah. We're about to cook up some pho. <laughs> not. You might not, you might not want to try my, <laughs> my style. But anyways, Virginia, thank you so much for being here. Thanks Honestly. I've read your story and I want to learn more about you and for our listeners to get to know you and your life. You're from Miami. Tell us, you know, your background growing up here. Sure. Born and raised Miami. Um, went to school in Little Havana, went to Miami High, uh, which is always something um, funny because that's, I lived in New York for a little bit in New York. Everyone's like, so what do you do? And in Miami's like, where'd you go to high school? And it was like two questions that I always had not a problem with, but it was Oh, so you went to that school. Um, so it's something I say with pride. And grew up in Miami, Cuban parents. Uh, well, what do you to, mean, like you went to that school? Well, I guess because there's like a certain stigma. Like you are semi-successful. So you went, you should have gone to a nice private school or gone to a better school. Um, I'm a private, I'm a public school girl. Yeah, and I think too. we're, we're okay. We're yeah, good. we're fine. We're thriving. We're, yeah. we're out here. We have a seat at the table. Literally. Okay. We definitely have yeah. a seat at the table. Yeah. So I think it's super important to just be proud of where you're from. So grew up in Little Havana. I went to University of Miami. Uh, then I lived in Spain briefly. I did that teaching English thing, which I did not do very much teaching English. Uh, but it was a great experience. I was able to figure out what I wanted to do, which was writing. So I did a lot of writing in Spain. Moved back to Miami, got my master's at the University of Miami and have and then worked a little bit here, moved to New York, tried that out. It was something I always wanted to do. And my best friend was living there and she offered me a seat on, excuse me, offered me um, her couch. And I stayed with her for a couple of months until I found a job, got an apartment. And it was an incredible experience. I recommend it. I think everybody should go like, I definitely get their ass kicked couch by surfed. New York. <laughs> I couch surfed in L.A. Okay. Yeah. And it was during a transition like that where you're just like, okay, let me try a different city. Yeah. And did you like LA? Loved it. I was only there eight months though. Okay. I feel like you're either like New York or LA. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like in our field. Mm -hmm. But didn't you live in New York? I went to college in yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Okay. So okay. And I was always in New York on the weekends, but I felt, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. When I was in my twenties, I, I, yeah. I What do you prefer? LA. Okay. It's just brutal winters. Really? Oh. Yeah. Did, how, how did you survive the winters in New York? I mean, barely. It was, um, but you know, like it sounds, everyone tells you, but you do get used to it and you sort of know how to dress and you, you know, you kind of go out, you do hibernate. Like I remember being in like a tiny little skirt and stockings, like leaving a bar and like, nope, not doing this again. <laughs> no, but, yeah. Um, we can't do the Miami style over there. Yeah, no. Um, but I remember my face would like turn, like would, I couldn't feel my face <laughs> when it was that cold. I'd be like, Oh my God, it's super cold. And I'll be like, oh, forget it. I can't go outside. This was like brutal winters though in Jersey, like up in like Wayne, which was like really high up. It had, I, I don't know. It was really cold. Yeah. Um, but did you have a car? Because I think that changes it too. If you're no, able to get your car. I yeah. was doing public transportation. That kicks your ass too. Yeah. Just walk into the subway in the cold. You're like, I hate my life right now. <laughs> so New York, you couch surfed for a little bit and then... What yeah. Happened? So I stayed with my friend for a couple of months. Um, and then I found a job and got an apartment, um, lost that job and went into social media marketing. So I worked for an app company and I helped them launch their social media. When you say you lost 
That job, you mean, was it a layoff? Oh, I was fired. It was the only time in my life I was fired. It was a miserable job. I was miserable. My boss and I hated each other. Um, and then I came to Miami to visit my my family for the weekend. I took a day off, but he's like, well, you have to work while you're away. And I got back that morning and he fired me. And I was like relieved but devastated. I'd never been fired. And I'm always the one who like wants to do the right thing, wants to people please. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, like, what did I do wrong? But in retrospect, best thing that ever happened to you. Oh, 100%. And I think it taught me so much about boundaries in the workplace and what you should put up with and what is completely wrong and like red flags to look for. Good. What were some of those red flags? I remember a conversation he and I had where, um, we started work at like nine. Usually everyone was still there by seven. And so I was picking up my stuff to go. And a couple, and a few times after that, he was like, well, you and I should talk about maybe like you, um, like ordering dinner for you, maybe like getting a car service. You can stay a little bit later and work. I was like, what? what? Like I'm working 11 hour days, 10 hour days. I'm not saving lives here. I'm just running a, a website. Um, and then it was very much like everybody in, in the office, they were friends outside of the office. And so I felt like the outsider and because I wasn't trying to hang out with them all the time that I wasn't, um, I wasn't included. I wasn't part of work conversation. So it was, it was an interesting environment. It was, it was a startup. Um, and I've worked at startups since, and I think there are a lot of startups like that where, um, they take advantage of young people, and so who are eager and motivated to exactly. Like- yeah. So um, and because it's a startup, I guess they don't really adhere to internship laws the way that bigger companies do. So a lot of like unpaid interns um, is sort of the norm in those environments. Got it. Yeah. And so at that point, you were like, OK, thank God. I can't yeah. This. Yeah. Um, like, you know, did a lot of yoga went to yoga to the people um, just sort of like figured out what I wanted to do and still freelanced. I've always freelanced. I think now is like the first time in my life. But it was always in writing, right? Were you always working in writing? Yeah, always. Um, I remember I took this job. I was um, doing, again, like social media marketing. And I was tweeting for Major League Soccer. And I like was in drama and dance. I know nothing about sports. And it was such a learning. It was like, I just need to make money. And I was always really adamant about just staying in my field. Because I felt like if I, if I, if I veered at all, I would never get back to what I wanted to do, which was media and writing. So I found ways to make money doing that, even if I had to learn about soccer. And I remember just like crying and on my bed, like I, I need to pay my rent, but I need to learn soccer. Um, and I made it work. And, you know, it was like another lesson. I think that is important. Um, I have a niece who's starting to get into the field and it's been hard for her to land something right but I tell her I'm like please even if it's just an internship or nothing or like a non-paid internship you need to stay relevant in the field that you want to be in because it is easy to like just go and get paid you know and maybe do something that you're not into but then I feel like you get trapped in Mm -hmm. that in that and you're like oh well I'm making good money forget it and then you lose track of what you're really passionate about Absolutely. And sometimes you got to take the L and start and and do things that maybe you don't want to do, but it's within your field. Absolutely. Um, And back to the unpaid um, 
when I was living in Spain and I, I wanted to write, I, I needed clips. And so I reached out to a blog and said, I'll write for you for free. Um, and obviously I had to pay for my museum entrance if I wanted to review something. And there was costs that I had to incur. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had to incur up front, but I was getting those clips. So I think, and my mom is amazing. She's my biggest supporter. And I, um, when I was interning and when I was an editorial assistant, I made no money. I lived at home and she paid for my car lease. Um, and I just, I hustled. And I worked a lot and I had internships and I freelanced and I reached out to people. And I think that's sort of what helped me get to this place. Amazing. So then you're still in New York at this point? Yeah. So I'm in New York. Um, My lease was up. I'd been there two years. I didn't love my job. Um, I was dating somebody here. And then I was like, "Eh, this is sort of it. Like I had the experience. I had my fill. Um, I left still wanting to go back. I didn't want I didn't want to feel like New York kicked me out. I sort of hit pause on that experience and was ready to come home. Well, I have something to share. During that time that I was couch surfing in L.A., I really wanted L.A. during that time. I really was like, this has to work. And it wasn't working. Like, it wasn't getting landing that the right job. I was doing freelance. But then I got an amazing opportunity, but it was to come back to Miami. And I think I've shared it before on the podcast. I was super resentful about it. I was like, oh, man, why do I have to go back? I felt like a failure. I felt like I didn't come for, to the mission that I wanted, which was to stay in L.A. and have that wonderful job, but in L.A. But then everything made sense because, like, you know, in life, everything is perfectly aligned the way it's supposed to be. I came back to Miami. I was a little bit like, oh, God, I got to come back to Miami. Ugh. But then soon enough, all these other things started happening in my personal life that I had to be here, including like my mother getting sick. And so then it was just like, oh, that's why, God. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's sort of success is what you define it and and beginnings and ends are what you make them. And so I think just like bookending it the way you want to do it. You you did the L.A. thing. You can go back. Um, You were looking for a job. It was in the job that was meant for you. The job that's meant for you is here. That happened to one of my good friends who was also living in New York. She had a great job um, and she was offered a job to come back home. And she's like, but I don't really know. And she did. And, and you know, it's it's turned out great for her. See, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if that, I mean, you've had some I, of those I, things The only happen. experience I've really had was when I decided I really wanted to go to school in Gainesville, but I could not get into UF. So I still decided to go and I went to the community college And then two years later, I was working three jobs. Uh, My parents basically, no, they literally cut me off. They said, if you're going to go away to school to go to a community school, we're taking everything away from you. You're on your own. So they took away my car. My, they stopped paying for my health insurance. Wow. Your parents have been super supportive about everything. Yes, but they knew that that was not the right path for me. You know what I mean? Like sometimes parents just know what's best for you. Right. So they knew that I really needed to hit rock bottom in order to come back and realize like, I need to get my shit together. Mm. and get my life together. So I was there for two years. But I, I mean, I met my husband there. So that's wonderful. We See, con- she yeah. had to go there. We, exactly. I had to be there. We connected 12 years later, but still like that's where I met him. That's wild. Yeah. And, and he was going to UF. And he was going to UF. Right? You, what, you were like leaving the community college no, to go to st- UF? No. Like hang out during lunch? No, no, no. He had one class in, in Santa Fe in the community oh, college. Oh, got it. Right. So then we met there and then he went to UF. Oh. And he played softball, baseball. Sorry, I always confuse the two. <laughs> Um, He played baseball. Um, But no, two years later, I was like, what am I doing here? It was summer. The town was completely empty. I was still working, but I wasn't making any money because there was no one around. 
So I was like, why am I still here? I can make so much more money in Miami. I can be with my family. And I packed up my car. My lease was not done. I packed up whatever fit in my car. I didn't even call my parents. I just showed up. And uh-huh. I was like, I'm home. <laughs> they're like, thank God. You yeah, get your car like, back. Thank God. You get all your but perks. then there's another story to that. So prior to moving to Gainesville, I was working at Tony Romas since I was 16 years old as a hostess. So, oh my God, Tony Romas? Yeah. That used to be the popular yeah. place. Didn't they have like amazing ribs? Yes. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Am I, I dating myself? Friends. I think Virginia doesn't know about Tony Romas. No, it's I, still around. I think, I think that was the first time I had a dirt cup. Oh, okay. it's so good. <laughs> of it's course you know about Tony so Roman. With the she is the foodie queen. Of yeah. course you know. High and low. I eat it all. It's so okay. good. So I was working there and whenever I would come home for the holidays, I would pick up shifts. They always kept me on the schedule for that. And I made really good money, about four to $500 a night. So, Damn. Yes. Back in the day, girl, you could so, like stretch that money long. And I did. I bought, I bought camera equipment. I started, you know, I opened up my own business doing video uh, that did not last very long because I'm not, I was not good at it, to be honest <laughs> with you, but I knew I wanted to be in that world. You know what yeah. I mean? But I was not a camera per operator. I was not an editor. Like I did it, but I hated it, but I just wanted to be in that world. So I started working at Tony Romas again when I came back. And I, after a year, my dad just sat me down and he said, either you quit or we're cutting you off again. Cause you need to do what you're meant to do. If you're making that much money and you're making good money, you're never going to leave the restaurant yeah. business. So That's you exactly need to saying. quit. And I, I had to make a decision. My parents are going to cut me off or I need to get my shit together again and get a job. And that's where I landed a job with Fox. Wow. So everything worked out for a reason and everything happens for a reason. That's Bringing amazing. back to you, it's exactly, they led you into now work. Coming back to Miami, right? Yeah. So came back to Miami. I... What was I doing then? Shoot, what was I doing? I don't even remember what I was doing when I came back from New York. Oh, I do remember, yeah. Um, so I came back from New York, and the company I was working for doing social media marketing kept me on. I was able to work remotely. Um, I'd never worked remotely or been an independent contractor before. And so that was another lesson where you have to log everything you do. So like I wasn't charging for my time when I was taking a meeting or I wasn't charging for my time if I was maybe taking a little longer on something because I was like, well, you know, they assume it's going to take an hour, but I really took two because it's more elaborate um, or it's more in depth. So something else, you know, time is money, literally. And if you're an independent contractor, factor that in. If someone sits you down for a meeting, that's work because you could be doing something else. Um... So I did that for about a year. I was going stir crazy working at home. And then I landed a job with another startup, which was very tumultuous and stressful. And another one of those like content mills with a lot of interns. But something I met amazing people of working at that startup. We were at an incubator, which was great. Um, it really got me into the tech scene. I don't do anything around tech, but I'm super curious about it. And I love to hear about people's startups and ideas. Um, and I listen to a lot of podcasts about venture capitalist firms and how companies are funded. So maybe one day we I'll have a company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, we'd love to hear some of those because we <laughs> yes. need some funding around here. <laughs> yeah. We'll do this offline. Yes, we will. We will. <laughs> um, but no, so that was really cool. And I met a lot of really great editors and great people. Um, so it was a it was a stressful experience. 
but overall it was pleasant and worthwhile and sort of pushed me along in my career. After that, I worked for uh, cruise line magazines. I'd never worked in a really structured corporate environment where it was like a nine to five and people dressed a certain way. And, you know, we had like office parties. So that was an adjustment for me, but it was nice. And again, made a lot, made a lot of great friends. I had a lot of freedom. So I was able to organize photo shoots, which I had never done before. The art director I worked with, um, brilliant girl, we're still friends. And it was really collaborative when she and I worked on magazines together. So I learned a little bit about what she does and how to visually tell stories, which I'm not a visual person. I think I'm, I'm teaching myself that, especially when having to do things like Instagram and making sure that, you know, things look good as much as they sound good. So I learned a lot about that at that job and still freelancing because it paid well and I enjoyed the people, but I wasn't uh, fulfilled creatively. And so I actually, I was the editor for Daily Candy at the time. So I had that job. It was a quote unquote part-time job, which was not, um, and my full-time job. So when for Daily Candy, I had to file a story every week. Actually, it was two stories every week. My editors were brilliant and sticklers and so difficult to please. And so every pitch that I sent through was rejected. Um, like one out of 10 things that I sent through, they liked. Um, it was like a hundred words that we had to write and I had to rewrite it like four times every time I submitted it. I had to upload it to a content management system that was super complicated. I went through a fact checker, a copy editor. It was a really involved part-time job, but it kicked my ass and taught me so much. Um, I think it just made me, um, pay attention more, uh, be a better editor, be more critical of myself in a good way. Um, it just, yeah, it it really, it was like a really tough experience, but I think it's sort of the, the thing with everything, like the harder it is daily candy, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, I loved it too. I was such a fan. Um, I subscribed to it and, um, my, one of my former bosses, when I was an intern, she was leaving the role. She recommended me and it, it was like the best thing she ever did. I really enjoyed it. And then the company folded. I remember they called us to be part of a meeting. I was like, this is strange because I'm never part of any sort of big phone calls and it folded. And it was one of those moments where I was like so sad, but so relieved. I was like, I have my nights back because I would go to work and then come home. And at least I think it was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, I was just doing daily candy for hours. And it didn't, I mean, it didn't pay that great, but you know, it was daily candy. It was definitely one of, it it built my resume. Of course. That was a great um, thing to have on your resume. And I think you learned a lot from having like those strict guidelines being there. Yeah, absolutely. Especially um, now we're interviewing for a role at Time Out. And whenever I ask people about their experience with content management systems, everyone sort of looks at me like, hmm, I've used WordPress. Uh, but just working in, in the digital space, knowing how important it is to be able to navigate one of these. What is, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't navigate (laughs) at all in that realm, but just for our listeners. Sure. So essentially it's what you use to upload your content and, but, you know, sometimes companies have their own version that they create. Sometimes they use WordPress. Sometimes they use... Uh, Onto the website. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, and you know, it's, it's pretty intuitive for the most part, but big companies have people dedicated to just doing that. So that's another skill that you add to your resume. So, you know, you could either go in as a, as a producer, you can go in as a writer, 
you know, someone I worked with, she interviewed for a job as a as a content producer. And they're like, no, 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 you'd much you'd make a much better writer. But because she's able to do both, she was hired on the spot. Mm, so that's important to have under your skills. Yeah, especially if you want to work um, in the digital space. It's super important to um, to be able to upload your own content. Got it. And just know SEO and know how to make things rank and um, get your content seen because everything gets lost. Yeah. So much content out there. But speak about Time Out. You get to Time Out 2016 where we rushed into 2016 and now you're at Time Out. Yes. So, um, well, a little bit step back. So while I was after Daily Candy, I started freelancing for Time Out. And so I was freelancing for them for about a year. Um before they were a full site, they were still sort of a micro site, which we have in some cities around the world. And I was building it. I, you know, I did all their core stories and then the opportunity came to launch the city and I jumped on it. Launch Miami. Yeah. Launch Miami. So I did that. I started April, 2016. I was working from home for a year, sort of like in my little cubicle, my little desk. Was it just you? Just me. (gasps) Yeah. So you are the one person that (laughs) made Time Out Miami happen? Pretty much. Wow. Good for yeah. you. You're a boss girl. Thank yes. you. Thank you. It was, um, it's crazy because it's this huge operation. And then it was just like little of me in my apartment and my pajamas for most of the day. Just, you know. Nobody would ever know. Yeah. Yeah. And then we launched a magazine and it was still a little of me in my pajamas. So, okay. <laughs> but let's understand this because I went to timeout.com and it has timeouts all over the, mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. I mean, there's one in Lisbon. There's one in New York, Miami. So when all of that started, like simultaneously, all these cities started opening simultaneously no. or how did it happen so timeout london launched 50 years ago and it started as a a print guidebook just for things to do in the city and then new york came along i think maybe it's between 21 and 25 years old now and that was the first city in the u.s that launched um okay so it's new york yeah new york new york is the big hub in north america london was the first city and now it's in hundreds of cities around the world definitely more than 300 less than 500 i always get that number wrong but there are some owned and operated cities, which are part of the Timeout Global Network. Some are franchises. Uh, some are these micro cities that I'm telling you about, which are just very, very basic content in terms of things to do in the in a city, where to eat, things to see. And then there are the more robust ones like Lisbon, uh, Paris, Mexico City is a huge one. Um, oh, my God. I've been to Mexico City a million times. Do they have a market there? They don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Time Out Market launched in Lisbon five years ago. The publication took over this old market and turned it around. Half of it is still operated as a farmer's market. And then the other half is Time Out Market. There's a concert venue upstairs. There's a restaurant. There's, there's the- over 40 restaurants in Lisbon, right? I believe so. Yeah, it's huge. It's massive. I went there a couple of years ago and there's a club next door. I remember I was leaving the club at like two in the morning and people were lining up to come in. It's just wild. It's wild. There's so much to do. I wish I would have known. I went to Lisbon. I wish I would have known about the market. Next time I go. Next time. There's always, you know, a reason to go back to Lisbon. So then you had those like blueprints to open up in Miami, like the blueprints of like the London, the New York. Yeah, absolutely. Then- like it was, it was just me, but, um, I had a great boss at the time who was in New York who really held my hand through all of it. Um, we had a producer who just taught me everything about SEO and the website. And she was one who like, I would submit something to her and she's like, Nope, these 30 things are wrong. Fix them yourself. And that's how I learned. Um, wow. she, 
yeah, so I think it's super important and it's something that I've I've tried to do as a boss, not not correct people's mistakes, let, let them do it, tell them what they are. Um, and I think it just makes you a better writer, better employee. Awesome. If you're able to fix them yourself. And so you helped create the website and then curate it. Yes. How do you start curating all of the wonderful things in Miami? Like, obviously, you you did you have a team at that point or no? No, just me, um, everyone in New York. But I I used my friends as my network and I used colleagues and people. And I, I definitely asked everybody, like, what's your favorite thing? Where do you go? Um, I'm just I'm, I'm a curious person by nature. And so I tend to ask a lot of questions. So it was sort of par for the course. <laughs> and that's kind of how I started building it. So a lot of my expertise, obviously, because I do make it a point to go out, try new things, meet people, but still using my network to make sure that what I was recommending was something that I could stand behind. That's amazing because that gives you so much freedom and power. And then also like there's so many gems in Miami and so many things. And so then you started with you and then you started to hire people or a year and we hired someone a year and we hired someone and then we moved to a co-working space. And so it was he and I for about a year. Um, that's on the edit side. At that point, when he came on, we were already building our market team. So it felt more like an office. And, you know, it helped just having bodies and having people to sound things off of. Right. Brainstorm. Yeah, exactly. But um, I do want to iterate that. It's a global company and everybody is available. I will be on a chat with someone in Chicago or email somebody in L.A., or call my boss up in New York. Like everybody works together. We collaborate. They're available. So I think that makes it feel less lonely. So as much as I did it by myself, it was never truly by myself. I love that it went from website concept to magazine to print and then into the market. And now we have a market in Miami. Yeah, I think... Um, just in general, the way the media is changing, that was such a game changer for us to be able to experience what you're reading and what we're talking about. So we like to say, if it's good, it goes in the magazine. If it's great, it goes in the market. Um, I love that. I saw that. Our, that's our, our CEO's tagline. I stole that from him. Um, but I mean, it's it's true. We we spent years curating this. So we we really stand behind everybody who's there. They really are the best of the city. They They represent their cuisine, their neighborhoods. It was really important for us to make sure that we handpicked everybody and that we believed in what they were doing. So, yeah. So Time on Market, basically, for all you listeners um, out there, is um, it's kind of like a food court. Do you call it that? Um, it's essentially a food hall. A food um, hall. Yeah, it's a food hall. But um, we like to call ourselves a market because we're a little bit different. Um, everything is curated. So we handpick all the vendors, all of the chefs, all of the restaurants. We work with people in Miami to curate different aspects of it. So our music is curated by uh, Lolo from Sweat Records, Lolo Raskin. She did our playlist. Um, we have art from local artists. We have um, local... Does it change the art? Yeah. So right now we have a series called Animated Cities. We have two artists from Lisbon. We have two artists from Miami and they animated four landscapes in the city. How cool. Yeah. So that was really interesting and really great for us. Um, it's the best of food, drink and culture. So we want to make sure that we include art, music, everything that makes Miami thrive. Yeah. There's 17 vendors, including mm -hmm. Fukia has, yes. has presence there as well. Yes. So it's crazy and serendipitous that we are recording from Fukia and Fukia has a spot 
in the timeout market here in Miami. They do. They have a place called FOMO. So it's their spinoff. It's more Vietnamese and Vietcasian. You get all their amazing pho. You get um, those delicious buns I was talking about. Um, and so it's it's funny. I'm, I'm not a soup drinker and it's also really hot in Miami and everybody loves that pho. It's so good. It's like noon and 95 degrees and everyone's just like slurping down that pho. Yes. And really most great. importantly, has three bars. Yes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Let's not forget part. about that, Virginia. Yes, we have three <laughs> bars. Um, we worked with bartenders at Generator Hostel, uh, Sweet Liberty. And oh, I love Sweet Liberty. Yeah, they're amazing. And and the Broken Shaker to curate. I love the Broken Shaker. Curate our cocktails. Uh, we have our own list that we created ourselves with our, our beverage director. And then we have two drinks from each of those bars that they contributed. Because we want to make sure that, again, represent the best of the city. And those are, um, in our opinion, the best bars. Love it. So anybody that's coming to Miami, you just basically have to go to the time of market and that's experience the, only place the you best need to go of to. the city yeah. in I, one shot. Exactly. That's cool. That's a really cool concept. I mean, pretty much. And I think, like for me, I work on the beach, but I live on the mainland. So it was really important for me to pick people from the mainland and bring them to the beach. Oh. Um, like Cush and Wynwood. Because a lot of people who stay in South Beach, you know, have no interest of traveling. So we have Kush from the mainland. Um, we have Asukad from Cayocho, um, Bashor, who's in Coral Gables. So we really wanted to make sure that we pepper it with things from around the city. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Seriously, I'm getting really hungry. <laughs> After this, I have to go to timeout. It's starving. No, but that's so amazing. I think it's it's spectacular. And how cool that you were like you are curating all of that and giving the opportunity to all these amazing chefs to be like seen and, you know, highlighted. And but then I also heard that there's like, I guess people can do pop up like a vendor can kind of go there for a couple of months and then leave back and forth. I don't know what you call yeah, it, but I so, read about that. Yeah. So we have a space. Um, it's our demo kitchen. So that, that's yeah, that changes every three months. We bring in a visiting chef or um, we're thinking about maybe doing some cooking classes there. It's the only space in the market where you can sit around the kitchen. So it's great. You can actually see them in action. And right now we have someone called uh, Miguel Massens. He's debuting his concept called Antilia. He's an open restaurant this year. And so he's just testing out recipes, showing people what he's about. And he's one of those that I was really proud to bring on. Uh, we connected on Instagram, DM'd about food. I was traveling to Spain. I saw that he was in Spain. So I asked for recommendations. And then when I came back, I was like, you know, we should meet in person. So we did. And we just kept in touch. And it was, you know, all about food and restaurants. And this, this space became available. And I reached out to him and it all worked out. You so, must have, like, she has, like, the best life ever. <laughs> right? You must get invited to, like, a million restaurants a day. It's a lot of food. I know. <laughs> like, and sometimes. she's tiny, guys. She's super cute, tiny. <laughs> you must work out all the time. Every day. Yeah, because yeah. it's just a lot of food. How are you going to say no to it? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes. And it's your job. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I just want to sit on my couch and have a salad. And, like, not have to socialize or have or a take drink. that Instagram picture of the food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to do that? No. No, right? no I no. really don't. Um, I mean, most of our photos are supplied by restaurants, thank God, because I'm a terrible photographer. But, and it's really not what people look to us for anyway. But, yeah. you know, good skill to have. It is have a it. good skill to have. And why is Miami such, like, culinary heaven? I mean, it's, I think it's obvious the international appeal it has. I think Miami is really coming into its own as a dining, um, as a dining destination for a long time, even though, you know, we don't have many James Beards or we don't have a Michelin star restaurant, 
We don't? I didn't know that. Yeah, the Michelin stars are in Miami. Yeah, we're, we're, we're overlooked. I think a lot of people don't take Miami seriously, and we're really making a case for why you should. We have amazing chefs. Um, our neighborhoods are growing, and there are a lot more mom and pop and, and chef-owned places, which I think is really important, and I really try to highlight that. You know, we shouldn't just talk about the people who have who can afford a publicist. We should talk about the people who are hustling and grinding Um on the line and, and trying to make a name for themselves, just making really good Which, food. Shout out to uh, Caesar. He has been doing that for a long time. Yeah, he really has. And, um, you know, I see him all the time at Tama Market. I see him all the time here. He's one of those who's just constantly working or thinking about new dishes. He's he's a great example of the kind of people that we need to highlight in the city. So and, speaking, sorry, go ahead, Gabby. No. So speaking of that, so what are some of the hidden gems in the city that you can call out from the top of your head? Um, I really love the, this chicken place in little Haiti called 6010. I was just talking to someone about it last night and they were really underwhelmed. I really love it. So I think you should check it out. 6010. 6010. Um, White Rose Cafe on 8th street, like West Miami area. They're just a really cool coffee shop and a place that you would never go looking for a coffee shop. Um, have great Panther, um, Actually, not Panther. They have Perla Coffee, which is also a Time Out Market plug. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have great. Um, they have great coffee. A lot of really amazing vegan pastelitos, which you never find anywhere. So Where that's are a cool you from? Uh, I'm Cuban. Oh, yes. Cuban. Yes, you did say you like a lot of croquetas. I do. I but eat those. Are you vegan? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, she can't we, be we, vegan no, in her job. But, but I, I think it'd be hard. Food it and would stuff be. like that. So I was like, oh, maybe she is. Yeah, I good know. point. I haven't yeah. mentioned yeah. Yeah. vegan. Yeah, yeah. No, right. no, no. I, I eat all But what things. happens to a person that wants to write about food and is only vegan? Damn, that's, that's so hard. hard. I mean, I've been to dinners and they're like, do you have any dietary restrictions? I'm like, I don't. But like, what do you do if you do? Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, like what if you're gluten-free or dairy-free or you're allergic to shellfish? You're in the wrong business. Yeah, you should do something else. I think what was interesting in your bio was that you're like you mixed eating drinking and writing which are all your passions and I'm like damn I like doing that too (laughs) (laughs) how did you I mean that has to be like the dream job and I mean I know there's a lot that's behind it that's hard work and dedication and long nights I'm sure I mean you you created this concept by yourself here in Miami obviously with a team but alone per se um what do you think were the tools that got you to manifest this world of eating, drinking, and writing, which is something that you're super passionate about? I think it sort of fell into place on its own. Um, I I just worked hard. I So food happened. I was um, an editorial assistant at a magazine, mostly covered luxury fashion, um, things to do. And it was like your typical magazine environment where everybody was tall and beautiful and thin and nobody wanted to write about food. And all of the smaller pieces that we didn't have budget for were usually written in-house and nobody was interested in going to a restaurant. So I just raised my hand and I was willing to do anything and write about anything to get clips and get my name out there and, and, and show that I, I was hungry and eager. I'm literally hungry. I'm literally hungry. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, and then it turned out that they would just give me those stories. And then my my boss there, he went on to launch Food Republic, the big website that's uh, backed by Marcus Samuelson in New York. And he hired me to write more food content. And it sort of spiraled that way. And I ended up becoming a food writer, which out really like setting out to be. I just wanted to be a writer. I wanted to experience things. I wanted to tell people about things I liked. Um, like I said, I'm really curious. I always ask questions. So just being able to 
more than anything for me, it's exciting to get paid to to learn about people and things and 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 be curious. So I wonder when people see you rolling up their restaurants, are, are they like, oh my God, she's here. Roll out the red carpet. <laughs> Sometimes. And it, it, it makes it challenging because I want to recommend restaurants to people. And then I always have to include the disclaimer. Well, this was a media dinner. It was a little bit different. I don't think it's, you know just sort of take it with a grain of salt. Um, and sometimes they have a great experience and sometimes it's like, oh yeah, like you got the good shit. We, <laughs> we got the bad service. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody wanted to pitch their business or an event, how do they go about it? Um, you can reach out to me, uh, reach out. We have an email on the site. I think you can reach out to that directly and it's routed to me. I think in pitching, just read our site, take like five minutes to see what we cover um, and make sure it's thoughtful. So anything in particular that they should include pictures um, like definitely thank you for mentioning that yes pictures pictures are so important I mentioned I'm not a good photographer but also we're short staffed like we don't have the time to send somebody out to shoot the thing that you want us to talk about and people look at photos more than they read so everything needs to have something engaging a, a good okay. photo so you guys know it's photos Instagram handles yeah and website then, anything that you can think of yeah, that the, would sum up your event or your restaurant the who okay. what where got it yeah and you cover food, entertainment, leisure, everything, right? Yeah. Anything to do here in Miami. Yeah. So our goal is going out with time out. We want to show you a good time. We want to tell you where to go, what to see, what to drink. So our, our main pillars are things to do in the city, uh, restaurants, bars, and nightlife. You know what place I just went to that's amazing? And then I want to get into like some of your favorite spots too. Um, um, Astra. Oh, yeah. Beautiful so view. So cute, right? Yeah. I, we, we need more rooftop bars. Yeah, we don't have that many. We don't, which is surprising because we, I mean, it's hot as hell and it's raining sometimes, but we generally have good weather. And I think people come here looking for a rooftop restaurant or looking for waterfront dining, which we don't have a lot of either. I just also went to another waterfront dining area that's beautiful and I didn't know about, which was Island Gardens. Mm, okay. And that has some like, beautiful scenery that's stunning yeah it's super stunning so you must go to everything all the time right yeah I I mean when I'm asked about my favorite place I don't I don't have that many because I try to go somewhere different all the time because I have to try somewhere different so I I try to use those opportunities wisely question Mm -hmm. I know that we're in um Miami spice season is timeout going to participate no we're not um because we have so many vendors it's sort of a kindergarten class where, right. you know, you bring one cupcake for one kid. Everybody has to have a cupcake. Got and it. so it just makes sense for no one to do it. Because yeah, you one- can't highlight everyone. Yeah. It's too much. Okay. Got it. You mentioned yoga. Is that some of your self-care stuff you get to do? Because I, I would assume such a busy woman like you eating all the time, going to events. Like, how do you wind down? Um, it's, it's funny. I was texting with a friend. I was like, I need a, a, a loan for my self-care. I... <laughs> It's so important. It's, yeah. Not even going to lie. Yeah, absolutely. I, I usually start my day with the bar class. I'm obsessed with bar. I go to Pure Bar in Coral Gables. I've been going there for like five years now, I think. Um, I'm on autopilot. My alarm goes off at 5.50. I'm there 6.15 class every day. In the morning? Yeah. <gasps> if I don't do it in the morning, I don't, I don't get it in. You. Yeah. That's um, discipline. <laughs> I mean, I try again. It's like autopilot at this point. And I really like it because it's really, it's a workout, but it's also meditative and you have to focus on your muscle and your movement. So I'm able to just like zone out and not think about what I'm doing when I get home for work. Um, I love that. I, I run. I, I, I used to run more. I'm trying to run a little bit more now. 
um, I just sort of, I, I'm, I'm trying to be better at like sitting and just being on just sitting and not doing very much. I am always go, go, go. I'm high energy and I make it a point to just go home, maybe put on a, a, a movie or watch TV. I think that's what I'm working on. My, my after work routine. Cause it was so much like going to restaurants, going to dinners. And now I just want to be able to relax and turn that off. It's good to disconnect sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What sign are you? I'm an Aquarius. Oh. Thanks for asking. Uh, I love astrology. We, <laughs> Me too. we love astrology. We're talking about a lot on the What's your sign? I'm a Taurus. Okay. Very Am well. I a typical Taurus? I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You get, get that it? vibe. You're like, like strong willed. Yeah. yeah Hard headed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll kill you. No, I was kidding. How about you? Virgo. Virgo? Yeah. Oh, you seem very organized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Super type A. I'm like head in the clouds. Do you feel like Mercury is really in retrograde? Yes. Yes. I'm having such a tough July. Such a tough last three months, honestly. Everything's going wrong this Mm -hmm. month. Like, but like silly things. Yeah. Well, let's just have good vibes and energy today. I don't need any equipment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good today. Please, Mercury. (laughs) How can everybody keep in touch with you? Um, Instagram. DM me slide in those. Oh, before that, that, it's interesting to know, uh, you mentioned success. How do you define success? I think being happy in your, in your life, in your job and in the place you are currently. Um, I don't think it has to be making a lot of money unless that's what you want to do. I think just figuring out what's important to you and pursuing those things, whether it's maybe it's a title Maybe it's uh, making more money. Maybe it's helping the community, whatever that is, just pursuing that. And I think um, you'll find success in the work. Yeah, it's so true. Because I think when there's passion, it comes like money, success, all of that just comes. You just have to take, you know, you have to be patient with the journey. And you have to let it go. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't always come like right away. Like you're not going to be the CEO right away. I mean, some. A lot of people that we sit down with are already the CEO, but, but you know, it takes time. They all have a journey to to getting there. Yeah. And don't compare your life to others. Mm -hmm. That's another good one. Totally. Stay in your lane. Absolutely. Stay in your lane. Uh, Speaking of more advice like that, what was the best business advice you've gotten? Um, Aside from stay in your lane. Well, I would say it's. Stay in your lane is, is a big one for me. Um, everybody has a different struggle. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what kind of opportunities they were given. Um, maybe like their dad is BFFs with the CEO of said company. And that's how you, you know, that's how they got the job. You don't know. Just put your head down and keep working. Like keep doing you, keep working, do your best. I think my mom, when I was younger, she was like never interested in what I wanted to do in terms of, you know, you have to be a doctor, a lawyer. Just like whatever you decide to do, whether you're a garbage man or a, 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 a judge, just be the best at that. Just work really hard, show up every day, be the best at that. And I think taking pride in your work is very important. Um, and that, you know, don't half-ass it, be on time, be polite, um, be kind. Going back to, you know, you don't know what people are going through. Just everyone's trying to do their best and just trying to keep afloat. So be kind. Hmm. I see why Mike loves you. You have good energy. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm going to tell Mike I met you finally. Yeah. He was really happy that I was doing this. He said he was going to hide somewhere and watch me do it. <laughs> he should have come. You should have invited <laughs> no, him. No, I was like, you're going to be, it'll be like, like him and Kanye. You're going to be next to me telling me what to say, what not to say. Aww. He said he was going to wear a lampshade and hide. Oh, so he's so cute. He'll listen to this and he will be out. very proud of you. Thank you. Well, to wrap. I just want to end this like fun because we're all Miami girls. So 
you know you're from Miami if your hair does not frizz up in the humidity. <laughs> does not? Does not. All of our hair is frizzy. No, like my, like I'm, I I was at a dinner yesterday and all these girls were like, oh, I'm from LA. What's going on with my hair? I was like, mine looks, mine looks fine. This is, <laughs> this is my hair. Or maybe it doesn't look fine, but I'm just so used right, to like used shitty to summer it. hair. Just, mm. you know, humidity. I'm unfazed by it. Unfazed. Unfazed wow. by all of it. Thank you so much. Where can everybody contact you and get in touch with you? So I'm on Instagram, Virgin Rights, W-R-I-T-E-S, not rights, like rights for virginity. Um, <laughs> so look me up there. Follow me. Send me a DM. Awesome. Love to hear from you. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Congrats on everything, especially on Time Out. We can't wait to go taste all the yummy food at the market. So thank you for being here and for being so open about your journey. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I look forward to seeing everybody at Time Out Market. Yes. Bye, everyone. Bye. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.